hello, this is Moyatu Baniakista and this is Tea and Pepper Soup. Today I'll be speaking with Mame Afoni Yelbert Sai, who describes herself as a whole woman, a wife, a mother, a mentor, an activist, unapologetic feminist, proudly African and boldly Christian. We're in for a treat today as we talk about community, faith, and sisterhood. So great to have you on the show today. Yes, thank you so much for we're, having me. We're excited, we're excited. So today we're going to be chatting about building community and how do you build relationships, authentic relationships, how do you restore relationships. It's something I think myself and my mate, who is a mentor and a big sister of mine, talk quite a lot about. So I'm excited to hear what she has to share today, what you have to share. Um, so I guess we can start off with just um, sharing, um, you sharing a little bit about yourself um, and who you okay. are and, and what do you do? So in terms of, uh, in terms of just about me, uh, it's been a journey to come to a few um, sort of conclusions about where I draw my strength, who I am, what I believe in. And um, oftentimes I get people asking me, you know, the question of what do you do? That's the first thing people always ask you when you meet people and they want to learn about you. They ask you what you do. And I have come to a place where I throw it back and I change it because I, I push back because I feel like the whole question of what do you do you know, really underscores how we are walking away from who we are being mm -hmm. and the fact that we are human beings mm -hmm. and not human doing, mm -hmm. you know. So that's something that I have been very intentional mm -hmm. um, about mm -hmm. just being an advocate and being a, a champion for mm -hmm. that and really bringing us back to who we are, you know, yeah. our being, what yeah. we, we are becoming. And so if you were to ask me in like three, you know, sentences to tell you or three words, I would say that um, I am a whole woman, mm. which means I bring all of who I am to everything I do. And, and that means that I bring my trials, I bring my gifts, I bring my passion, I bring who I am as an African, I bring my faith, I bring who I am as a mother, as a wife, to everything I do, that when I show up, I want to be able to show up in the fullness of who I am created to be. And for me, that fits in three big boxes. Mm. Um, that first of all, I am proudly African. Mm. And when you meet me, you would know yes. right away that I am proudly African. The second thing is that I am unapologetically feminist. And that has been a journey that it took me a journey to really, to really embrace that notion of being a feminist because there are so many versions and so many ideas and so many stereotypes and and there are things that the label of feminism brings, and so people shy away from that. But once I have been going through my own process to arrive at this point, 
I am proudly able to say that I am unapologetically feminist because I believe that women bring a lot to the table. Women hold a lot in their hands. They hold so many solutions. Everywhere I have gone, I see women holding it down, and it's important that those voices are that voices of women are amplified mm-hmm. and given space around the table so that we can be that solution carriers, you know, for our communities, for ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and for future generations. Mm-hmm. So that's the second thing, unapologetically feminist. Yeah. And the third thing, which is also, which is equally important to me, is that I'm boldly Christian. Mm-hmm. And often the moment I mention, especially the, the fact that I'm unapologetically feminist and Christian, you know, people just, the next question I get is, how can you be a feminist and a Christian? Mm. <laughs> and and I always say, well, my and I think you mention it quite often that your faith comes before your feminism Absolutely. because for me, I be it's in Him I live and move and have my being. Right. You know, who I am, what I'm able to do, my calling, and even just occupying space, this real estate on earth. It's because of my relationship with God, with Christ. And so that is very integral and at the heart of Mm -hmm. how I show up every day. So, um, you know, that that would be just, I mean, a little bit of intro about me. I am a mom. I I am a mom. I have three young kids. And And keep you busy. (laughs) <laughs> yes, and I've been in a thriving relationship with my husband. We've been married 15 years, yeah, but yes. we've known each other for 24 years. What so, a blessing. What a yeah, blessing so it has it's, been. it's a journey. Yes, it's yes, a journey sure. that we are on. So, sure. so I want to talk about, I, I want us to talk about this concept of um, community, but I like how you, you talk about the fact that you're boldly Christian and how your faith informs um, a lot of what you do and this idea of, um, you know, community and, and women as solution carriers. I really love that. And, uh, how we amplify the voices of women. I know also because of our relationship that you, a lot of your work is positioned in African, uh, women's rights work and girls' rights work. And so mm-hmm. I, I want to hear a little bit from you. How do you cultivate, uh, relationships at home? And how do you cultivate relationships in your work? So starting thinking of this idea of faith and, and spirituality and God, how does that inform how you build your relationships from your relationships with your children, your relationships with your mm-hmm. husband, your relationships, you know, mm-hmm. kind of in the workspace with the work that you do that is so critical? Mm-hmm. I think that in, when you're thinking about how you manage all those relationships, especially from the perspective of a person of faith, you know, one of the things that the Bible, like for me, I, I have seen that very clear in the Bible is that the Bible says that, you know, we are, we, we, we are given opportunities and we are given um, resources so that we can also help other people. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you might go through things and sometimes you go through your experience so that you can be of comfort to mm-hmm. other people. You go through... Um, you have opportunities so that you can be a blessing to other people. So that notion of blessed to be a blessing, mm. you know, and the notion of being a steward, mm-hmm. you know, 
it's very, very underlining in terms of how I engage my relationships mm -hmm. and how I flow out. And that has informed one principle and motto I live by, that to whom much is given, much is required. Um, the given part comes in different forms. Sometimes it falls in your lap, you know, it falls in your hands naturally just by virtue of who you are around, how you grow up. You know, sometimes it, it has to be a process where you have to, you know, find that those opportunities yourself. You have to work hard. You have to extend yourself. You have to reach out. For me, my experience has been both. You know, some of the spaces where I grew up, you know, allowed me to have certain encounters. At the same time, my own decisions and choices and the steps I've taken just to broaden my horizon, you know, through education, through the work I do, has also opened up spaces for me to interact with different people from different backgrounds at different levels and all of those things makes me realize that if I have been given these opportunities, if I have been given these access points, what is the purpose of me having these experiences? Mm -hmm. If not to use that to create opportunities for other people mm -hmm. to come in, for other people to learn, for other people to find their own voices, for other people to build their capacity. And so going back to the two points I made, that you are blessed to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. If you can understand that what you have is because you, God sees you as a conduit. God sees you as a facilitator or you see yourself as that um, pass through, as that advocate for others to also, you know, find their voice. Then you would really understand it. The second one I mentioned is the idea of stewardship. Mm -hmm. um, I was recently at uh, Boston at Wesley College at the African Women's Leadership Conference, and we had a number of MasterCard Foundation scholars and other women coming together. And one young lady asked the question. She's at Arizona State University. She's originally from Liberia. And she was asking, you know, how do you... How do you know? How do you do this work? How do you know that you are doing it in the way that you you need to do it? You know, what if you go back to your country to give back? How do you make sure that you are giving back in the right way? And I, you know, as I thought about it, I responded by telling her, you know, basically talking about the point of stewardship mm. that if you recognize the responsibility yeah. <laughs> that comes with having those, the access you have, having the opportunities you have, mm -hmm. you realize that it's really not about you. Mm -hmm. And you realize that, you know, it's a huge responsibility, sometimes even a burden, you know, mm -hmm. because you are carrying, you know, things that you have to be accountable for. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not given those opportunities because you are pretty or because you can speak good English or because, you know, you are all that. Mm -hmm. You are given it so that, you can become, you can be used as a conduit and mm -hmm. as a as a change agent, and facilitate spaces for others to thrive. Mm -hmm. And that was when that became crystal clear for me that we have to be excellent stewards of the resources and the power and the access that we have. Mm -hmm. And so I look at um, to the question. I, I look at um, how I engage my relationship, whether 
it, you know, as a person of faith and then in my work through the lens of stewardship mm-hmm. and that you are blessed to be a blessing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I want to kind of take us back a little bit because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very big on having even more in-depth, intimate conversations. And I want us to talk about, you know, some of the key people who influenced you growing up, right? And I, you know, because mm-hmm. I know you so much, I know that there's certain people we talk about all the time. So I want mm-hmm. us to talk specifically about your mother um, yes. and how, you know, I, I believe recently you gave a talk and, and you dedicated it to your mom. And I, I just right. want to hear from you. How much do you think your mom has really influenced and shaped your values of how you build um, relationships? Because one of the things I really admire about you is how giving you are and mm-hmm. how you always, for lack of better words, send the elevator back down. Right. So mm-hmm. when, when God opens spaces for you, you always think of other people. How do I bring other people into this space? And I believe that is mm-hmm. why God continues to keep to bless you because you know, mm-hmm. that is a calling upon your life and he, he sees that you're obedient to it. So I guess I, I also want to know how has your mom kind of shaped those values um, growing up or, or your father or, or people around you in your mm-hmm. most intimate kind of home spaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll talk about my father first before mm-hmm. I go to my mom. Yes. <laughs> um, I actually grew up mostly with my mom. So basically mm-hmm. as a single with a single parent, and when my mom passed away in two, 2013, I made a very conscious decision to build my relationship with my father. And my dad passed away in 2016. Yes, 2016. Yeah, in, in August yeah. of 2016. And I am so, so thankful that I took that bold step. Actually, my life has been a series of bold choices, Mm. you know, and I see that trend continuing, you know, through the course of my life. But as I got to know my father well, I got to learn so much about myself. Because I grew up with my mom, I always thought my leadership and, you know, all the things I am came from my mom because that's Mm -hmm. that's who, you know, I was around for the most part. And I realized that as I got to know my dad more, spent more time talking to him, I realized that a lot of who I am is really rooted in who my father was. You know, that my father, at his funeral, we had people giving, um, uh, what do you call it, testimonials, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, stuff about him. And I noticed that he's a natural leader everywhere he went. And I, I noticed oh my God, I do the same thing. Mm. <laughs> you know, even the little things of being very, I have, my husband says that I have OCD. Like I like my things to be, you know, if <laughs> I put it there in a straight line, it has to be a straight line. <laughs> and you know that. Yes, you I do. That. So, <laughs> and I went, I remember going to visit my dad and I, you know, my husband was sitting there and he was looking at him and looking at me and was like, he's like, okay, now I get it. Because my dad had his, you know, he got up and he, he had something sit on the table and he, I moved it, he got up, came back, and the first thing he did was turn it straight. Again, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I know where this <laughs> where comes from. Of course, from. my mom has that, but, you know, have a combination of that. You can see how lethal mine is, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the other thing that I didn't realize is my, my dad is a linguist, you know. Mm. He, he's very, very multilingual. My dad speaks, um, he played um, football, mm. 
he played professional football in Germany. You know, so he speaks and writes fluent German. He speaks um, fluent Yoruba. He's mm. from the um, Northern Volta. So he speaks uh, the Ewe language and he speaks Chi and he speaks Fanti. Wow. Akan, some of the Akan languages. And I realized that I have this like love for languages. I picked them up very quickly. Okay. I majored in French and minored in Spanish, lived in France, lived in Guatemala for my studies for undergrad. And I realized, oh my God, you know, the other thing I, 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 I realized is my love, my gift for, uh, with music. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that my dad worked with like, um, uh, what's his name? Fella. You know, he managed a band, very interna- big international band called Arpa's Band wow. in Ghana. He worked with Samuel Poso. And I was like, oh, my God. And one of the things I found when I went home, mm. you know, we're just getting a few things after he passed. And I found, you know, these old records. Yes. About 20 of them. Oh, my goodness. Yes. About 20 of them. So we carried it and we brought it back to California and we went out and we bought a record player so that we can play it, which is amazing. And I realized, wow, there's so much. But the two important things that I think I learned from just um, being with my, just getting to know my dad is that, you know, it taught me to be a better parent. So I saw the choices my dad made in terms of how, he engaged us, and in the end, you know, he realized he could have made different choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank God, you know, we were able to kind of connect in the end. But it kind of gave me a wake-up call, and you know, it's like a constant reminder in terms of the choices I make as a parent now, mm-hmm. and how I engage my children, and how I invest my time, mm-hmm. you know, and resources in their lives. So that mm-hmm. is like a constant gift. Mm-hmm. It's a constant reminder and a precious gift that I got from my dad in terms of values. And the other thing is that my dad has taught me to be a better Christian. Mm. You know, the, the fact that I was able to forgive him, the fact that I was able to let go and just embrace him and take care of him, you know, just yeah. really, it takes, it's, a, it's, it, it's huge, it's hard to do, it's not easy, yeah. Yeah. you know, when somebody hasn't been in your life and, you know, when my dad passed, I have two older siblings, nobody came, I was the only one who went and buried my dad, mm. and made sure that he was laid to rest in a very respectful and peaceful manner, and he actually asked me, and so, to be able to move from a place where you don't have any connection, to a place where you do all of that, and he feels comfortable doing that, you know, for me, it's a big lesson about some basic key tenets of our faith, yeah. forgiveness, yeah. especially around Easter, yeah. which is what <laughs> Easter is, is around, about. Around you know? the corner, exactly. So, exactly. Those are beautiful values. And I think that when my father passed, I actually had closure. He gave mm-hmm. me peace because I knew that I left nothing unturned, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. I It gave me closure. It just gave me peace. And I didn't have to, like, worry about what what should have been, what I should have done. I did what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. I took the bold step. It wasn't easy, but I, I made those sacrifices. I went out of my way. And it goes back to the earlier point. Mm-hmm. You are blessed to be a blessing. Mm-hmm. So yep. what you've been given, how are you being a steward of it? It's a good steward, an excellent steward 
of those resources. Yes, for so sure, for sure. those are those are big with my dad. Yeah, those for are sure, big. for sure. Thank and then my mom, mm-hmm. my mom, you know, my mom. That if I am resilient, it's because of my mom. Mm. If I am generous, it is because of my mom. I there were times when I didn't understand why my mom was so generous, and sometimes we fight with her like. Why are you doing this? Why are you, you know, she would give everything, even, you know, including like her jewelry and stuff. She would, if she has to sell it and give the money to somebody, she would do that. And I think that I didn't realize how that was being ingrained in my system, mm. you know, but, you know, it's, it's there. It's yeah. something that I can't take away like, yeah. because I, I just... It just it just continues to grow. It's innate. Yeah. So if I'm generous, it's because of my mom. Mm. I saw how my mom valued her social capital. Mm. Um, by social capital, I mean how she invested in people. Mm. And my mom would take people that nobody, people had written off. There was a, a man in our area who by 6 a.m. he was drunk. And everybody would just let him go. And my mom would... My mom reeled him in. Today, he owns his own printing press. You know, wow. a very successful businessman. When my mom passed away, we didn't have to worry about printing any of that. He did everything. Everything. And I saw how my mom took this person from nothing and brought him to something. Wow. I I look at my mom's our current um, manager for my mom's farm that she had. And, you know, he was working with a big firm, a big organization, company. Mm. And my mom started bringing him and investing. He would treat the, the man as his as her own, you know, investing time, energy. If she went out and she was bringing something, she would make sure that, you know, she would bring everything that they needed. And when my mom passed away, believe it or not, Mayatu, this man left that big job and said, you know, I know I can get X, Y, and Z benefits from this big company, but because of what this woman means to me, I, I want to come and manage the farm permanently. So he wow. left that joint. What a uh, so he's now the farm manager. And, you know, I watched those things, and, and I realized that the, what, what I've learned from that is, you know, when you invest in people beyond yourself, the dividends that come, the, the social um, uh, rewards that come, it's like a certain level of loyalty that mm-hmm. money can't buy, That's even powerful. when you are not there. That's and powerful. so I've seen, I've seen some of those things. And another thing that my mom taught me is just to, to have fun. My mom would laugh at herself. She would crack jokes. And if, you know, you know me, I would just crack jokes. And I've learned to laugh at myself and to laugh with others, not at people. Yes. So first yes. of all, laughing at myself mm-hmm. and laugh with others and just, you know, yes. just saying the things that I needed to say. When I had my twins, my mom couldn't come, but all the help that she had given, you know, people just came from nowhere here, right yeah. in the U.S. and just stepped in big time that mm-hmm. I, I, still, I still get amazed. And I, I know that the seeds that she was, she's been sowing in terms of her generosity, you know, mm-hmm. uh, were growing. And, you know, sometimes you might sow in one place, and that's another lesson. Sometimes 
might sow in one place and it might you might not reap the rewards in that same place you might reap the re- rewards somewhere yes. else yes. so don't be afraid of sowing and even when you're not seeing the rewards don't think that what you sowed you know has gone to waste yes. you never know where the rewards will yes. show yes. up i think what's interesting is this concept of sowing and mm-hmm. The importance, one of the things you mentioned is sacrifice and bold steps. Mm-hmm. And sowing is all about that, right? It's like, you know, in the Bible, that's like a, 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 a very blatant commandment for Christians that mm-hmm. you sow and then you leave the rest to God because you mm-hmm. will get it back in some way, shape or form, right? And so I think I want us to shift into um, how you sow into people's lives when it comes to your art. And mm-hmm. that is the, your music, right? Mm-hmm. And you're an amazing musician. Mame just released um, her latest uh, debut called Bloom. And it's a, it's a beautiful masterpiece. And I, I guess I, I want to hear a little bit about your music. How how do you, you, you kind of invest in people through your music? How do you build relationships through your music? I know there's been times we've talked about even you know, times when people have been so down and they listen to some of your songs and how they come to life, like your song Rise and, and things like that. So I'm just wondering if you could share any instances that, that you've seen in, in your space or in with the with people who listen to your music who have been blessed by it. How how do you how do you see your music really helping to cultivate of relationships and, and communities. And, and we can also talk about relationships that are broken and how, mm-hmm. how, do, how can you, how does your music restore them? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think music is the voice of God. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's what moves the heart of God. You know, music is just, and if you think about, if you go even biblically, you know, mm. and understand, um, Music. When God created Lucifer, if you read Ezekiel, I think Ezekiel 28, mm-hmm. it tells you a lot about music. People mm-hmm. don't really realize it. The Bible talks about, in Ezekiel, it says, you know, when Lucifer was created, God puts all kinds of ornaments and he puts all kinds of sounds in him so that when he even moved, he was producing sounds, beautiful sounds, beautiful mm-hmm. harmonies. And that should tell you a lot when when somebody places a lot of emphasis on something and they invest so much in that. Mm-hmm. And and I have, you know, Bob Marley actually says something about music. He says, one thing about music is when it hits, you feel no pain. Mm-hmm. And so as I've been on this journey of music, I have realized the power of music to soothe, mm-hmm. to heal, to uplift, mm-hmm. to encourage to inspire, to, you know, to to just make you have fun and to, mm-hmm. to keep, to bring joy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes my own, my music has uplifted me, you know. Mm-hmm. There are times when some of the songs that Nisa and I have, we haven't even recorded them, but there are days where, it's like one of those lines will just come. And, and, and it's that line that resonates throughout the day or throughout mm-hmm. the week because I'm thinking about something. Perhaps I'm thinking about grace. There's a song we have about grace that keeps, you know, um, resonating. Mm-hmm. But I see that music is a catalyst for so many things. Mm-hmm. It's a catalyst for even when I think of social justice music for 
for for for change mm. you know music has a way of bringing people together such that um that nothing else can do if i look at the different movement like the civil rights movements you know for example when you hear we shall overcome you know mm-hmm. you know what that means mm-hmm. when you hear you know doing apartheid people singing when you hear doing like independent celebrations the the, the music that comes you know mm-hmm. it, it just it changes the atmosphere it mm-hmm. changes you know the environment mm-hmm. you're in and i think that the more we recognize the power that resides in music, the better we can leverage that, mm-hmm. you know, for yeah. our purposes. Because we've been given those as tools and as gifts to make this life better, you know. Yeah. Um, I have had the opportunity to minister at different places. And I remember ministering at a church and, you know, I sang one of the songs that we had recorded. And that particular Sunday, there was a young lady who had come and she was getting ready to go commit suicide. Mm. And after I ministered, the pastor was like, I don't feel like preaching. I just want to, you know, just build off of this and just invite Mm. people to come for prayer. And by God's grace, she was able to come forward for prayer and open up to somebody. And and by the grace of God, you know, she got the help she needed. And for me, that those are the little things that make me do, put more attention to my music. Mm. Um, You know, I was doing the music on and off, but in 20, 2008, Mm. I lost my little sister. She was 28. And then two years later, I lost my sister-in-law, which is my husband's younger sister. She was 33. And they were pretty young, you know. And that was what moved my husband and I to actually go into our music full time. Because we kept asking ourselves, what are you doing with the gifts that God has given you? I've never been to music school I actually can't read music. Everything I do just comes by, you know, (laughs) what I hear and what I feel. That's it, you know. And that challenged us, and we just decided, okay, somebody needs to hear what you have. God has given you this gift. Why why did he give it to you? Why? If you recognize that, you know, it is a responsibility, that, you know, God believes that you are the vessel that he can use to, accomplish a particular purpose and you sit on it, then you are denying thousands of people things that they can access to encourage themselves, to uplift themselves, you know, to heal themselves. And that was what moved us to be like, what are you waiting for? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. what are you waiting for? What are Mm -hmm. you? So we just plant into music and, and and that perspective has given me a healthy approach to how I do music, especially mm-hmm. in these days where people do music for the fame of it, people do it for the money they are going to get. You know, people can't do it from for many reasons. But for me, I realized that I it's just a gift. I didn't pay for it. I didn't you know, it's been given. And so how can I be a good steward of sharing it broadly with other people? So that's that's how I approach my music. And then finally, in terms of music, I understand that the power of voice resides mm. in music. Mm. Um, 
at, in 2009, you know, when I, I had my twins, they were like very young and I was this young mom and, you know, <laughs> career woman. And I was just so confused and I was trying, you know, I would go to work and I was one thing. I would come home and I was another thing. And I was trying to find alignment, alignment, you know, with, you know, with all the things that I loved and were, were part of who I am. Mm. And I went through a leadership program and, we're talking about this whole woman idea mm -hmm. and through the program I kind of found my voice mm -hmm. found my voice and and one of the things that allowed me to find my voice find my voice was through music and so I also see the power of music in allowing us to find our voice and often when you talk to people say do you sing it's like oh no I only sing in the bathroom I only sing you know in the mm -hmm. toilet I don't sing anywhere else but when you recognize the power of your voice and you allow it to resonate, it, it shifts so many things for you. And for me, music has been one channel to do that. And especially when you have, when you have collective, you know, voices, mm -hmm. you know, creating that music, mm -hmm. it just binds you together. And unlocks so many things. Yeah. I think that's really amazing. Just the, the, what you're saying about voice and how, you know, I mean, just even the story you shared of the young lady who was ready mm -hmm. to take away her life, you know, mm -hmm. and just hearing your music and how it touched her and how it healed her and um, being able to give women and girls, you know, spaces to to discover themselves and to share their own voices is something That's I believe it. is is a calling of yours. So I think one of the things we talk a lot about, because um, Mame and I work in, in similar spaces as far as women and girls' rights in Africa and the diaspora, one of the things we talk about a lot is, is relationship building and authentic okay. relationship building, right? And how do you make sure that when you're showing up to relationships, you're really coming from a real space? So I, I, I want us to talk a little bit about what this experience have, has been for you. Um, you know, being in this space, as we know, there's times when community is not always there, right? And and mm -hmm. I guess I, I, I want you to share with us what that has looked like for you and how have you thrived in, in those and survived the, the times when maybe you felt betrayed or you <laughs> felt somebody broke a, a relationship that you were so invested in building, mm -hmm. um, whether it's a colleague, whether it's a friend, whether it's a, you know, relative and how, mm -hmm. how, how have you dealt with it? You know? Yeah. Curious yeah. I talking about breakups and, mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and, you know, and letting let, and how you let go yes. <laughs> when it comes to breakups and sometimes even, mean people yes. <laughs> who come into your space. Yes. The one thing I have walked away with is that sometimes there are people who come in your space at different seasons of your life. Yeah. And what you have to recognize that when th that's if if they are there, if they are meant for you, they will be there in season and out of season. But you have to recognize that when that season, if the person comes into your life and when that season, they come and serve a purpose and when that season ends, you don't want to be holding on mm -hmm. to, the, to that person. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's going to cause you more harm mm -hmm. than good. Mm -hmm. um, I listened to T.D. Jakes talk about three categories of relationships. Mm -hmm. And that 
kind of I use that as a lens mm-hmm. to in terms of how I look at my relationships and how I, I grow them. Mm-hmm. So, so he talks the three levels. The first one he talks about are your confidence. And your confidence are like the people who are there, they are into you, about you, with you, for you, around you, wherever you go, in season, out of season, when you are down, when you are up, when you are happy, when you are sad, they are there. And usually, you, there aren't a lot of people like that mm-hmm. that you find. You know, if you have two or three, <laughs> you are really blessed. Mm-hmm. You know, two or three confidence, you are really, really, really blessed. The next stage are your constituents. Mm-hmm. And your constituents, you know, they are people who, you know, they, they, sometimes you can confuse your constituents for your confidence, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, confidence. And your constituents, they, they are there, they come, they do different things with you, you know, but for your constituents, they will, they will go, sometimes they go all the way, but at some point they will, they will still find their way out of your system or out of your community, out of your space. Mm-hmm. So these are people who come and they, they are connected to some, the vision you hold, you know, but at some point they also build their own vision and so they move on. And so, you know, you should have that in mind. Yes. So the last one, are your, the last uh, level is your, what they call comrades mm-hmm. or your acquaintances. And these are people, you have so many of them, right? Mm-hmm. As for that, you have endless. There are people who might see you and like, oh, I know this person. Oh, I know her. You know, they know somebody who knows you, knows you, you know. And, yes. You know, so as, as you go through those stages, you know, your, your confidence, maybe two, three, if you're lucky, five, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. your constituents, you know, they are sizable, a sizable amount, mm-hmm. you know, and then as for your comrades or your acquaintances, plenty, plenty, as we say. And so recognizing those, those three categories now helps you, you know, to, um, in your interactions and in how you build your relationships, mm-hmm. you know, and you need to have some values for yourselves. What, what are you looking for in relationships? What, what do you seek to get? What do you seek to give? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So those things are very relevant and they help you in terms of how you build your relationships, how, how, how much time you choose to invest, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you look at some of those things to decide which category people really fall. Mm-hmm. And as the relationship grows, you would know. Mm-hmm. You would know where people fall, mm-hmm. you know, in, in terms of the three categories of relationships. Mm-hmm. And I use that to really help me. I think that sometimes the relationships that when I have gone through different forms of heartbreak or, you know, they, those things have actually equipped me to be able to decipher. When somebody comes into my life because of some experiences I have had, it's giving me certain skills mm. and to be able to decipher, to, to notice where, you know, there's some things that you can pick out. Mm-hmm. The more you build relationships, the more you see a trend. Mm-hmm. And so when somebody engages you, sometimes you can tell right away where mm-hmm. that person is coming from, mm-hmm. you know, and even for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, when you, when you want to engage somebody, you can tell if you are honest with yourself, you can tell why am I pursuing this relationship? What do I want from this person? Is it that I just want something or is it for 
you know, is it that I'm I'm in this for the long haul, you know, is mm-hmm. it just that I just want to, you know, be a groupie, you know, in this mm-hmm. person's space, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So if you are, you have to check yourself also, have a reflection on yourself as well as a reflection on other people. Yeah. Um, but I think that the most important thing I would say about relationships is knowing that when the season is right, when it's time to move on mm-hmm. and not holding on to relationships that 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 are not going to yield you anything mm-hmm. letting go well, that's what i mean yeah. you have to let to let go yeah. you yeah. know you have to know when the season is right if that relationship is not good don't force it mm-hmm. you know the more you force it the more you undo all the good memories and the good things that you have built together let it go mm-hmm. don't hold on to it don't try because if you hold on to something that is not supposed to be eventually you lose it. Mm-hmm. It, would, it would rip out of your hands. Mm-hmm. It would just fall off your hands. Mm-hmm. And I'm learning that. And sometimes, you know, the process of letting go is hard because, you know, you approach the relationship from a place where you were given everything. You were given everything. You gave your heart, your soul, everything. And then the person wasn't at the same level, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you feel betrayed. Mm-hmm. You feel dishonored you feel disrespected you feel abused you used you know and and i've had so many on different levels you know um there was a lady in our community where we live who you know she's from ghana and i took her as a sister and i mean oh my god i don't think i i just had to let it go i just had to let it go and leave her you know i took her as a sister she had even a key to my house everything i was on my on on my relationship that i had built strongly i was i recommended her to friends to do work and you know i gave her everything i you know, because i thought this is somebody i was building a sister that I was building a relationship and beyond just, you know, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. And it just turned out they had their own intentions and just really disappointed and almost, you know, messed up my own relationship with the people that I had entrusted them to. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through a process of flushing it out of my system, mm-hmm. letting it go. I mean, there are times when I ran into her and I could, I, the moment I ran into her, I would see that my palms were hot. Mm. My heart was beating fast, you know, and I was like, God, you know, and like my heart would just, you know, and even when I want to talk to her, it's like, I just, there was, you could tell the yeah. anger coming out. And, and I was like, why am I feeling this way? Because there was just a lot that was so in my system and yeah. I just had to let it go. I mean, I haven't seen her in a while, so I don't know how I'm going to react, but it also means I'm human. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, absolutely. And it takes, and it's a process. It takes yes. time. Yes. But that's, that's one big lesson um, I have learned. Yeah. Don't ab- force about it. Relationship. Let it go mm-hmm. when it's time to go. go. Don't hold on to it. Don't force it. And if you're, going into relationships where people are going to take, 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 take. At some point, you would know where the relationship is headed and just advise yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this has been a, a great chat. I think just hearing, I mean, I never get tired of hearing the wisdom that you have to share, especially around this topic, because it's something that is kind of 
ongoing, right? As you said, it's a process. You learn so much about yourself when you're building mm-hmm. relationships with people. Mm-hmm. And I really like what you say about, you know, checking yourself. Like, yep. are you, you know, what are you entering into this relationship for? Are you entering, you know, genuinely, or are you entering with some type of an agenda? Right. And yes. being very clear on that, I yeah. think is really important. And, and what ultimately creates, you know, the strongest relationships is, is entering with the most authenticity, whether it's for a season or whether it's for a lifetime, exactly. right? It's really being honest with yourself. And exactly. as you said, having, I really like, um, the TD Jakes, uh, reference. It's actually mm-hmm. one of my favorite, um, mm-hmm. kind of messages because it is true. Having some type of a filter, whether it's your exactly. values that you utilize as well as kind of this idea of who are the people that I want around me. And, and, you know, because if you're somebody like, like yourself, who's very given, you want to make sure that, you know, the love that you're pouring out is something that is going on good ground ultimately. So I I think that's fair. Um, So we're about to wrap up, but before we do, we, you know, because our, our show is called tea and pepper soup, we like folks to share either wisdom or any self care um, kind of, um, you know, lessons that they've learned. So mm. you, you, you can share, you know, your tea, which is kind of your wisdom around relationships, mm-hmm. or you can share a self-care tip around relationships. So wanted to kind of leave that to you before we close out today. So um, this year, one of the things that my husband and I, we've decided to do is to like breathe and pause, mm. you know, just breathe and pause. Um, I recognize that um, oftentimes you keep going and going, and this one calls you. And I mean, between work and music and kids, sometimes there's no break, yeah. you know. And then I realize that when I don't have that pause, I don't have that break, um, I begin to get redundant. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not really making any any impressive, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, quotation or impact mm. and just learning to be in the moment, mm. you know, learning to be in the moment. So like, for example, yesterday I was working, you know, in the evening, you know, and I was still typing up words and all of that. And then my husband was like, I'm going to put a ban on your computer right now. Just, I just need to hang out with you. And, you know, he took my computer, closed it, and I was actually fine, you know, I was like, okay, he took my computer, closed it, put it away, I put my phone somewhere, I didn't touch it, and I was like, oh, and, you know, I just hung out with my husband, because we are so busy, we don't take time out for each other, we are not intentional about just spending time and just goofing around and having, just being with each other intentionally, and so... Um, the thing I have told myself this year is the power of no, Mm, (laughs) the power of no, (laughs) that is my mantra for this year, the power of no, that I'm going to say no and not feel guilty and not feel pressured and not feel like, you know, because at some point you can't give what you don't have. Mm. And sometimes saying no means you are filling yourself up so that you can come back to that person and to others later and give them what you have. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So that would be my self-care tip. Take a pause. Mm. Take a break. Don't be afraid to say no. 
um, and listen to your body. Yes, yes. Um, yes. These days, I notice that I'm so tired. I come back from my travels, and I'm so tired. And you know, I just want all I want to do is like get the work done. And I'm like, okay, I always have my list to do list. I have this. I have that. I have this. I have that. And I'm like, well, today, this is what I wanted to do. But if I look at my list, there's only one thing that I checked off. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's fine. You know, and I just let my I just let my body because I can tell my body needs just to binge on, you know, a Netflix series. My yeah. buddy wants to watch Hallmark movies, which are just cheesy. They're, 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 <laughs> you know, or just find some Nollywood or Gollywood or something, mm-hmm. you know, and watch and just smile, you yeah. know. And, yeah. 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 So I'm just all listening to my body. I'm learning. I am learning to listen to my body. Wonderful. And your body speaks all the time. Absolutely. Because we are so busy, we don't hear it speaking. Mm. Wow. Mm. What a powerful way to to end such a powerful interview. Mame, we are so happy to have you on the show. Thank you so much. We just want to thank Mame for joining us and for sharing so much wisdom and your journey and your story with us. We look forward to sharing much more, I think, of your journey throughout throughout this process. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for actually doing this, this whole idea of tea, pepper soup. You know, it's really, really important that we create spaces for ourselves as women and most importantly as African women here in the diaspora because I think that this whole idea of self-care shows up very differently when we are in the diaspora and when we also go home. And so sometimes we live in this um, two multi multi-faceted <laughs> world <laughs> where we are one thing when we are on the ground we have to adapt and then when we are here we also have to adapt but if we can start having these candid uh, conversations yes. and people can share their tips and people can you know open up yes. about their own journey we can learn from each other yes. and as the bible says iron sharpened iron we yes. can we can sharpen each other yes. up Indeed. So thank you to you you. for creating this platform. And I know that it's going to grow exceedingly abundantly above what you even imagine. And many, 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 many lives are going to be touched, impacted, and inspired. Thank you so much, Mame. God bless you. Amen. That was Mami and I discussing community faith and sisterhood and boy oh boy did i learn a lot just from speaking to mommy about the importance of building healthy relationships healthy community and knowing when to sit at the table and walk away from the table when relationships no longer serve you thank you all for listening and i'll see you next time Pepper Soup can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and via my website, moyatubanya.com. Feel free to stop by and subscribe so you can get your tea and pepper soup every two weeks of the month. Leave us reviews, leave us comments. We always appreciate hearing back from all of our listeners worldwide. 
This is Moyatu Banyakista, and thank you for coming along this journey of tea and pepper soup, the podcast.